0: The school is out, which means it's time for Ha Kids. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Ha Kids Show. I'm Brown Uena and I'm 12 years old. Thank you for tuning to the Ha Kids Show. This is Ha Kids for kids by kids. So, coming up on Ha Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to Dr. Greenberg. He is a vet, so just stay tuned to 11.9 Ha FM, and we'll find out more about what vets do. To get ready for a very interesting show on High Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on one oh one point nine High FM. This is High Kids for Kids Barkids. My name is Brian Weyna and I'm twelve years old. Good afternoon, Doctor Greenberg.
1: Good afternoon, Brian
0: How's your day been?
1: Oh well, I was very excited about this interview.
0: Me too. I've been so excited for the whole day. I couldn't stand
1: I laughing. couldn't sleep for a week. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. But you must get your sleep so you must catch it up after the interview. <laughs> okay, so, so since you are so excited, let's start with the interview and the questions because I've been so excited. So what is a vet?
1: Well, a vet is a, a Bachelor of Veterinary Science degree that is studied at the Faculty of Veterinary Science in Ornusterport, uh, just north of Pretoria. And it offers a student the opportunity to study every single animal creature from fish to elephants if you want to go in size, but we deal with insects, poisons, different grasses and plants, everything to do with farming, we do everything with food production, Uh, we do obviously the domestic animals, we do livestock, wildlife, and we also can go into fields such as uh Drug production, going into the fields of medicine, working for pharmaceutical companies, we can lecture. And also, vets today specialize. So just as human doctors uh, carry out everything on one creature, which is called human being, we do all the animal creatures and we do humans because we have to compare in many cases how do we differ from certain aspects particularly if we talk about the internal organs. How different are we to dogs and pigs? Mm. It's very similar internally if you have a look at those things. So we need to understand that a vet deals with the entire range of animal species. It's a very varied profession. And one of those professions where there is so much variety to it that even today one can't do it all. And most vets today will be specializing either doing small animals in private practice or they may be just doing wildlife because it is impossible today wow. to cover everything in all species and be a doctor to all.
0: Wow. So like, like humans, they doctors, there's a, like a PE, I think it's called, and then there's a surgeon. Correct. And then there's like all those things. So to get like a vet surgeon. Like
1: exactly like that, that. Because for example, I'm in private practice. I am not only the GP, which is a general practitioner, where I consult people. I'm also a psychologist, psychiatrist, a dentist, a surgeon, a gynecologist. I'm a radiologist. I do clinical pathology, which is blood tests and that. So in order to be in private practice, you have to have all that under one roof, and you have to have all those skills. Uh, Then there are some veterinary surgeons who only do surgery. They specialize in spinal operations or eye operations. So you do get specialties in different fields. So that is why we have, for example, an eye hospital, and we have specialists in orthopedic surgery. And that is how it's become these days because there is so much Uh, It's it's such a broad subject, and there's so much that can be done with animals these days that, as I said earlier, you cannot do all.
0: Wow, you are a lot of things. Wow. And you're a human as well, and like you're a person and you're a...
1: Well, sometimes, sometimes we do have a human element in us, Uh, you know, (laughs) depends who we're dealing with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of things. Wow, you must be a very busy man. So what do you need to study in order to become a vet?
1: Well, the, the subjects do change from time to time depending on the um, educational uh, committees. But I know in my day we had to do mathematics and we had to do botany and zoology. Uh, in my day it was all in Afrikaans. Wow. Uh, these days you can possibly do it in any language you prefer. But today mostly mathematics is important. You have to have a very, very high average to get in because it's a very sought-after course. And uh, most people have to get uh, very high averages, and some cannot get in the first time, so they end up doing another degree to get credits to be able to get into Honestapurth. But it is one of the most prestigious faculties in the world, one of the most of high standard. And uh, it's also... We also have an advantage being in a country like Africa, where we've got access to so many animals. It's... It's a great advantage.
0: Wow. So, kids, if you want to be a vet, I suggest you learn your math very well. Um, so, how old do you need to be in order to become fed? Like,
1: yeah. Well, one can get entry into veterinary science as soon as you've matriculated. In my day, we used to have to do military training first. And some people uh, wanted to do other degrees beforehand. I know that in the United States, very often they have to do a BA, Bachelor of Arts degree, before they do veterinary science. But you can start straight off the matric if you wish. But there are some people who start veterinary science very late in life. And it doesn't matter when you want to start. You can even start when you're over 40, provided you've got the the marks to get in. And that's what matters the most.
0: Definitely. So, why did you want to become a vet?
1: Well, firstly, somebody said I was too stupid to be a vet, so I, don't I thought. Think so. so I thought, well, maybe I can prove them wrong. But when I was a kid, I used to take on all my friends' hobbies. So if I had a friend to collect matchboxes, I would also do it. If I had a friend who collected dinky toys, I would do it. And then I met a chap when I was at King David Primary School. Who collected lizards and snakes. So I thought to myself, this is different. So he went on holiday and he left his snakes and his lizards with me. And I became immediately addicted to reptiles. And when he came back from his holiday, I didn't want to give them back to him. And I decided then, that told my father, I want to study snakes. I want to be a herpetologist. And then he told me, it's very good, but it's not a way... To make a living Rather do something with animals Where you can actually make a decent living So At that stage I went down as a student To the local veterinary practice To a Dr. Izzy Bacher Who used to practice in Sandringham And he gave me good ideas On how to become a veterinarian And I used to spend all my spare time with him and through his advice and through his influence, I decided that's what I wanted to be. And, but I had to, had to go to the army first because I needed to learn Afrikaans. The metric Afrikaans wasn't sufficient to get into Pretoria University. So that is how it all started.
0: Wow. That's very good. Very, very good. So like, Lark- You said that you straight away became, like, attached to the snakes and stuff. So before that, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I had no idea. But what I enjoyed so much is when I took my snakes to school, I used to carry them in my shirt. Uh. And I used to ride my bicycle to school because I was kicked off the buses for fighting, you see. So they were very strict in those days. You weren't allowed to fight on the buses. So they kicked me off the buses so I had to go by bicycle to school and I used to keep my snakes in my shirt and um it was it was pleasant because I loved my snakes and I found that when I went to the tuck shop at at the break, I could take my snake out of my shirt and I found that everybody disappeared. So I could go to the front of the queue and get my food first. <laughs> and I found that a lot of people kept a very wide berth from me and I quite enjoyed that because I prefer to be on my own at, in, in those days, and it was how I started my life at uh, King David. Um, I, uh, I eventually won the Hobbies Exhibition in Matrick because we put up a display of birds' eggs, birds' nests, birds' skulls, feathers of all the different birds, and I had quite a few other creatures there, particularly uh, lizards, lizards eating uh, beetles and mealworms, and snakes eating mice, so it was quite uh, quite interesting for for the people at the school. But they I think they were scared of me.
0: That's a good way, in a good way. But I mean, <laughs> I would also be scared, <laughs> like, especially if a snake was there. Didn't they bite you or
1: anything? Oh, they the snakes could bite. Certainly, they they bite if they're scared, and it also depends how you handle them. I did keep a few poisonous snakes, and I had to be very careful how I handled those. Because uh, some of the snakes are, are are very dangerous, but most of them are not.
0: So the ones that you put in your shirt weren't dangerous? Uh,
1: no. They're, they're, I usually kept a mole snake in my shirt. It was about a meter long. It went around my body twice. Uh, but I I often used to go to the office uh, for what they called cuts, for hidings, because of my snakes, because they used to scare the teachers, they used to scare the students in the class, so very often I ended up at the headmaster. Sometimes i got two cuts or flaps, or I don't know what they call them. I don't know if you're allowed to do it these days. No. Oh, well, I used to go there and I used to put um, rubber in my pants uh, to act as a buffer for getting cuts. So sometimes i got two cuts, sometimes i got six cuts. It was very sore, extremely painful, but uh, I enjoyed it because I also used to race beetles in class, which uh, they didn't like, especially in Hebrew when I used to put numbers on the on on the beetles and race them between 36 inch rulers in those days and I got into trouble I used to be a um, lot of mischief at, at school
0: Yeah I can imagine A lot of
1: mischief and unfortunately uh, it it got me into a lot of trouble but I enjoyed trouble in those days <laughs> and uh, so I used to take quite a few different things we even got to a stage where a friend of mine and myself we trained a dog to bite teachers The dog used to sit on my desk or on on my friend's desk. His name was Myron Court. And we trained the dog that if the teacher came close and tried to tell us to get the dog out of class, the dog would growl at the teacher. So the teacher usually backed off and uh, the dog stayed on the desk while we did our lesson. So Hmm. we we did things uh, which I don't think you're allowed to do today.
0: Definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. So do you work every day of the week or not?
1: Yes. Uh, as a veterinarian, you have to work every single day of the week. You work on public holidays. You work on your birthday. So you
0: never get a free?
1: Yeah. Well, if you want to be free, you have to uh, organize for another vet to come and stand in for you to take time off. Like today, there's another vet looking after my practice and for the whole week. So what I do is I might work two, week, two weeks on. Two weeks off, depends what I need to do. But in general, in private practice, we work every single day, usually about 11 to 12 hours a day.
0: So Saturdays, Sundays. Saturdays,
1: Sundays, everything. Wow. Sometimes on Yontif, because a lot of our animals are not religious, and we have to <laughs> we have to actually help them on, on Yontif as well.
0: Oh, okay. So where do you work?
1: Ooh. I'm not allowed to advertise. Wow. Huh? I'm not allowed to. But I work in Santon.
0: Okay. So um what is like the type of animal that you see the most like when like dogs, cats, which one do you
1: The most common animal I see is children. Those are the most common animals I see. At the back. No, <laughs> no, in actual fact the most common animal we do see, definitely dogs. They're about eighty percent of the patients that we see see about 18% in cats. Then we've seen quite a few rabbits, guinea pigs, birds.
0: Turtles? Well, turtles. Uh,
1: well we get, um sometimes we get an odd coming in, which is very similar to a turtle, and uh, tortoises do come in occasionally. There's some vets that don't look at those creatures, because there are vets that specialize in reptiles, and it's, it's preferable that they, they do the major work. We do see that. but majority of it is dogs, and majority today is small dogs. When I qualified, we had about 220 different breeds that were in South Africa, and these days it's been reduced tremendously because a lot of people don't keep big dogs anymore because it costs too much money to feed them. It's too much effort to take them for walks and to take them training, and they keep smaller dogs because also the properties have become smaller. So those things have changed over the years,
0: yeah, and also people with children don't like such big dogs, sometimes exactly. yes, yeah, so like if let's say somebody comes to you and they, they you tell them this is what's wrong with your pet," and they say, "No, I don't believe that, and then what do you do?
1: I say to them, "If you don't believe me, you're welcome to get a second opinion, I'd prefer to send them to somebody, uh, so they do get a second opinion. They're entitled to that, and a lot of people do, um, across the board, all over the country. They will go to a vet and sometimes not believe the diagnosis, especially if it's a diagnosis that the animal has got an incurable condition, might have cancer, kidney failure, liver disease, or anything like that, and they would want a second opinion, and they're entitled to that. And that is what is available to them so and we're not offended by it uh, as long as the animal can get treated and as long as the animal's diagnosis is confirmed
0: wow okay which animals do you enjoy like like seeing the most like working on the most
1: my favorite animals in practice are dogs that have been taken to puppy socialization to basic obedience are well-behaved, socially acceptable, without behavior problems, and the owner is well-informed and um, aware of how to deal with a a a puppy in that it's not disobedient, it's easy to handle, and that's the type of dog that I like in practice.
0: I also would. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Cha Kids, Four Kids, Bar Kids. My name is Brian Branawena, and I'm 12 years old. I have Dr. Greenberg in studio with me, so if you have any questions for him, you can send an SMS to three four five one nine or WhatsApp to zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine, or call on zero one zero one four zero three zero two zero. So let's carry on with the questions, okay? okay. So, have you ever been on radio besides for now?
1: Yes, I, I was on Radio 702 for 18 years as Dr. Platzund. And before that, I was on East Coast Radio, Capital Radio for about four years. Oh wow. And then I did a few stints on all the radio programs in South Africa for certain interviews. And, and I've done Chai FM.
0: Woo, Go Chai FM! We're awesome. And so all the others, but we're definitely awesome. So how did you get the name Dr. Platsund?
1: Well, I had a producer uh, who emanated from Zimbabwe who decided that I should give myself a radio name because in those days you weren't allowed to mention your name for fear of advertising to the disadvantage of your colleagues. So you couldn't call me by my name and we had to find a pseudonym. As did many other professionals on seven o two in Cape Talk, so they came up with an idea that they wanted to call me Dr. Beagle or Dr. bassett, so I decided not to side with any particular breed, especially with a breed that's not very not very clever, in other words, not highly trainable. so they said, "What animals do I like so i said well i like I like wild dog." I like the laughing dogs, the hyenas, <laughs> and what we used to call Lachan de Bahama. Uh, then <laughs> then I said I also like flat dogs, which are crocodiles in Zimbabwe. People call crocodiles flat dogs. So they said a platthunt. And then uh, the producer came up with the idea that they will call me platzunt. But it also has other connotations to it because in training, if you – you're training a dog in German. Platz is to sit down. So Platz, if you're training a dog, you say Platz und so it has that kind of effect. Oh. Platz can also mean to laugh in Yiddish. So a laughing dog is a hyena and it can also be a flat dog, but there's other, there's other connotations with Platz, but anyway, it's stuck for, for 18 years and Obviously, I had to live a a double life Mm -hmm. because some people knew me as the one and others knew me as the other. But it it was necessary in those days, according to the Veterinary Association, not to advertise. Okay.
0: What is the most unusual or funniest question you were asked while you were on radio?
1: Well, there were many, many strange questions. Um, One of the questions that was asked was, how do I break the news to my dog that it's adopted? Or they would ask me, uh, if, if I have, let's say, uh, two dogs that come from the same female, um, why are they fighting? And I'd say because they're both males. And they'd say, but they're brothers. They shouldn't be fighting. So I said, well, in actual fact, if you have two of the same, if you have two males or two females, you are guaranteed to have a fight. And it doesn't mean to say because you're brothers or sisters that you're not going to fight. Yeah. As you know, in humans, it doesn't mean to say that you've got a sibling that you should be compatible. Yeah. Arguing is sometimes quite healthy. Yeah. But sometimes in dogs, it could be life-threatening because sometimes dogs can actually hurt each other very badly. So – It's, it's one of those aspects. So, but I've had a lot of others and, but what I did learn over the many, many years of talking on animal behavior is that people have learned nothing. Whatever you tell them goes through one ear and out the other ear. They still don't train their dogs. They're still lazy. They just expect the dogs just to live with them and be well behaved. Almost like pressing a remote for your television set. Pressing the dog on, pressing the dog off. The dog must behave. The dog must, you know, just play around in the garden when it feels like it. But unfortunately, the majority of people do not uh, train their dogs to the point that the dogs are contented companions. And they, the real idea is that they should be socially acceptable pets. But unfortunately... People have a certain degree of arrogance or ignorance as well and they just don't want to spend the money or the time to put any effort into it because they think just because they're giving the dog a good home and lots of nice food that that is what the dog wants. And if they want, if they can kiss the dog all day, they think that's what the dog wants. But they don't think for one minute what the dog really wants. The dog really wants to go out for walks. It wants to be trained. It wants exercise, it wants discipline in the pack system, and then you can love it for doing the right thing.
0: Definitely. So everybody try and train your dogs. Have you ever received an award?
1: Yes, I've received quite a few. Um, I've received three from the Veterinary Association and one from 702. 702 was a long service award where I... Worked there for 18 and a half years. Wow. And that was very often 14 hours a month on radio. So that, that worked out very well. And uh, the Veterinary Association has given me three awards for the work that I've done for the profession. And I'm receiving the third one in July at our National Veterinary Congress at the Gala Dinner. And I'm very, very proud and grateful. That uh, I'm being acknowledged and recognised by colleagues.
0: Well done! Woo! Um, Have you ever been hurt while treating an animal?
1: Ooh, plenty times. I've been, I've been bitten and scratched by a cat (laughs) so fast I never even saw it. That's how fast they can be. I have been bitten by a macaw. These enormous parrots. And if anybody wants to know what it's like being bitten by a macaw, all you have to do is put your hand in the doorway and shut the door. And you'll know exactly what it's like by being bitten by that type of bird. It's incredibly painful. I have been uh, bitten by quite a few dogs, bitten all over the place, uh, depending on how the dog attacks me. But these days I'm much more wise and very careful about certain dogs so we know exactly how to handle them before you get bitten. But mostly those attacks were done when I was newly qualified and and trusted, when the owner said the dog's not going to bite, and then it did bite. So we, we've learned now by watching the owner whether the dog's going to bite or not. And possibly the most frightening experience was being uh, caught by an owl. I had a spotted eagle owl that I was treating, and its talons went into my wrist Right down to the bone. And it was so painful that I couldn't even call for help until the staff were looking for me and they found me in this room and unable to speak. It was so painful. So we do get hurt and no matter how careful you are, uh, that animal's a little bit faster. So those things do, do get to you.
0: Oh my word. So what do you like to do to make it get better?
1: Oh, obviously you do immediate treatment. You have to. And oh. we know exactly what to do when you get hurt. But, How? but other vets have uh, major problems. Others get kicked by horses. Some of the wildlife vets get uh, gored by, by antelope. Uh, I've got a colleague whose, whose arm was ripped by a lioness. Oh. So vets do get, that's why we've got quite a high insurance. Uh, that's it is a, a bit idea. of a dangerous profession in certain, uh, specialties
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so very. Thank you to my guest, Dr. Greenberg, for coming on Chai Kids, and thank you to my producer, Mandy and Craig, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us on join us tomorrow for another Chai show, only on 101.9 Chai FM. Goodbye, kids.